Rodgers pulls back from center, from the pocket, lofts it deep down the left side. Adams makes the adjustment, the catch, he's got it at the pylon, touchdown! Oh, what a catch by Devontae Adams! 36-yard touchdown play! Here's Jakes, makes the handoff, lofts it right side, and he's got the big dog for a touchdown! Mercedes Lewis, wide open right corner of the end zone. We go Green Bay! Snap to Mullins, rush on, four-man rush. Mullins hit as he throws the left side. That is intercepted. Coming back the other way to the 45, making the turn and spun down. Raven Green. But it appeared to be the pass rush by Preston Smith. Back to throw, Rodgers looking downfield. Rainbow's down the middle, got MVS. Touchdown! Marquez Valdez-Scandling on the touchdown reception. Snap to Mullins. In the pocket. Hit from behind. Caught up the football. Zedaria Smith on the hit. It looks like it's Green Bay ball. It is. Welcome to the Packer Force Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Sill, joined by my brothers, Black Mountain and the Legend. And Jan. Hi, Jan. Bye. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an homage to our youth. Yes. Uh, so the Packers... Um, Beat the tits off the 49ers this week. 34, 34 to stop. 34 to 17 uh, is what it ended up being, which is great. And it was a Thursday night football game, which is weird because it was the only football game that's ever taken place during a presidential election in the United yeah. States yeah. before, you know, yep. they started voting and they were not figured it out yet. And there's this football game. And then they decided who won. Um, Two days later. Yeah, so it was one of those games that you kind of had to rewatch when you weren't in a catatonic state uh, <laughs> thinking about the future of the country. But uh, thank and God. And then it turns out the game was still boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that election was really fun, though. It was really interesting and, like, comeback story you woke up you know over like this i've never had my attention and anticipation held like that over a period of days like over a period like of a week which kind of makes me want to get into cricket a little bit (laughs) it's like okay i can see it i I did i did see a tweet that was like okay Americans are never allowed to complain about the length of cricket games again (laughs) and i was like that's fair um yeah, it was like you'd wake up one day, hey, he's got a lead in Georgia, or like yeah. he's, got, he's got a lead in Wisconsin. Yep. And then it was, you know, it progressed. Thank God uh, Donald Trump lost and has been reduced to pathetic uh, coup attempts, which will probably be successful for how life has been going, oh, you know, I the past five or so come, years. I do not want to come back yeah, to this episode later. you might not want to be on record talking bad about Trump, because in a couple <laughs> months he's going to put a black bag on your head. That's right. That garbage bag full of fucking soap fat. <laughs> yeah, that's what he reminds me of. You know that garbage bag that they're trying to get the fat and Yeah, in Fight Club when they're trying to bring it, it over the ribs and the ribs. Yeah. That's Donald Trump. That's Donald on the Trump. fucking fence and it leaks everywhere. Yep, yep, yep. Democracy hopping the fence right now. Trying to get Trump out of there. Yeah. Won't fucking... Dragging it out. Anyway... So we had this 34-17 to 17 team win that we chalked up as a loss in May or whenever they released the schedule. And uh, it was super weird because it was like the 49ers, like, it was a joke. Like, 
if you would have if you would have woke me up on Thursday and told me that Kyle Shanahan lost a leg, I would have believed you at the rate <laughs> the 49ers were were going down. Um, it was not did I hear not a single person who touched the ball in last year's NFC Championship yeah. game was active? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Not a single person who touched the ball. Yeah, because let's be honest, the 34-17 score doesn't tell the tale at all. It was 31-3 to when that game stopped mattering. Yeah. Yep. Um... So it, it was like it was like a get right game from the Vikings, but is this like the one you circle on your schedule going into the season, right? You're like that's the game, and then it yeah. super wasn't, <laughs> and it was weird because we won, and that was great, and it was a get right game, which was good, and you know elements of their defense are still there. I mean they're missing Richard Sherman and Nick Bosa, <clears throat> and you know that isn't the same unit it was. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers says they have the best middle linebacker in football. Fred Warner's really fucking he's good. He's good. He's and really he's good. like what you want. Yep. Um, they had Fred Warner, and their safeties like Jimmy Ward and Jaquaski Tart are still fucking frightening uh, to play against. I still want to try a Jaquaski tart. That shit sounds delicious. <laughs> you try Jaquaski tart, man. That's what I'm saying. It's like the fucking number one dessert in Jamaica. It's got to be fucking fantastic. Easy. Put the Nutella on it. That's, it'll make it really good. You know, banana. The tart and the sweet. Uh, anyway. That's fucked up and racist. Eric, Sorry. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing over there, but Eric Armstead and... Uh, they really didn't have their team, guys. So, is this yeah. in your mind? How is this? How does this game measure on the satisfaction? I mean, like not the satisfaction scale, but like how productive is this game for what we're trying to do this season? Did, was this a good game for us, or is this just a false sense of security about whether we're actually good enough? I mean, it's a great thing for us as far as building a record and getting ahead of teams that we could be seeing in the playoffs because. If San Francisco manages to maybe ever get healthy, they could still be dangerous down the road, so it helps keeping them down. But as far as building your confidence, I didn't take any confidence building from this. We beat a crippled child up in the fucking back alley. <laughs> well, that's the thing. is like When you're a prize fighter and a crippled child comes up and like pushes you, you better beat the tits <laughs> off him. You better... <laughs> Beat his crippled little tits right into the gravel. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's it's okay. So let's not be ableist here. It's not a crippled child. Uh, man, we are awful people. We're just like, oh, I'm not racist. Jamaica. No, I, I like, dude. You, I mean, you need games like this. Like, this is exactly what you're supposed to do. Like, it's, it was a football game, and we did exactly what we were supposed to do. If It, it could have gone any other way, and it would have been worse, you know? <laughs> like That's so, a really good way of putting it. You know, so <laughs> I think this it, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. And in terms of confidence, yeah, dude, if you can go out there and continuously score touchdowns, that's going to help you. You're getting practice. You're you're practicing good reps. You're practicing your touchdown plays. <laughs> like I, I mean, in all seriousness, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna inflate. I mean, wins. Devontae Adams came out and was like, "Yeah, I'm the best receiver in the game." 
Like, how is that not building confidence? This win did nothing to make me feel better about our previous two ass whoopings that we took. Those still scare me. We still have glaring holes that we did nothing to fix at the trade deadline. And going against a good team is still very concerning. This wasn't a good team. And we continue to do one thing we do great, to beat the shit out of teams that aren't nearly as good as us. And that's fantastic. But Except the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings seem to think that they're doing great and they're coming up. Maybe they are. They sure look like they were getting better against us. Compared to the last time we saw them, they might be dangerous. I don't think they're dangerous enough to really be a playoff threat, but they were dangerous enough to hurt my ego a little bit. And after my ego was already shattered by the Buccaneers, it didn't help. And this wasn't enough to rebuild that. I still have doubts, worries. I think we can overcome them, but this game didn't fix that. I got bad news for you about who we play next, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean, you're you're right. Like, the problems that we have on this team were not going to be solved by the San Francisco 49ers. Not this San um, Francisco 49ers. Maybe, maybe the ghosts that we had, like, kind of shaking off last year's ghosts. Uh, you know, and it's even hard to exercise that, you know? Like, so mm-hmm. this, this wasn't the game that we were expecting it to be. Like, the hype, uh, like, if you were to... Hype this game, give it a hype ranking before the beginning of the year, it would have been 9 or 10, easily. I actually, I it's easy to say that, but I do remember when the schedule came out, I was like, I'm not even going to fucking care about that game. Not because of the election, although uh-huh. I should have been thinking of that, Yeah. but because it was like such an ordained loss. It was like, oh, the place uh-huh. where we lost... 75 to not to 29 over two games last season and we're going there on a short week like it was total it was totally fucked and then it's so i i wasn't even i wasn't even like hyping for toward this game yeah i was was kind of resigned to losing it yeah it was it was resignation in the opposite direction of like that's the one we know we're not getting um, oh man! And it kind of flipped where it was like the Vikings game at home. You're like that one we need to get. That's yeah. the one I'm hyped for. And instead, we were caught off balance because the Vikings weren't shit. And that was like, I mean, I, I won't I, I won't say it's a trap game because it's a divisional <sighs> game, but like they caught us slipping, and then we kind of bounced back with this gift game in the 49ers. And I think. That kind of balances out. We're six and two. You wanted to be six and two halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. We could have been yeah. seven and one. We just aren't. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Nobody is in the NFC. Yeah. Nobody is seven and one. Uh, but I think you, you, let's like let's try and think about what this game could have done for individuals. You know, you talked about Devontae Adams stepping up. Mm-hmm. I also think you saw something. Uh, on defense, you had Preston Smith getting a hit that caused an interception uh, after he's had a pretty bad start to the year, like pretty disappointing, pretty disappointing compared to or milk toes compared to last season. And then you had Zadarius Smith, who's also been pretty milk toast, um, getting a strip sack and um, 
He's been better than Preston, but still not what he was last year. I yeah. think he's been about on pace for what he was last year. You're just missing Preston Smith. Last year, Preston Smith was ahead of Zadarius Smith for a little bit in sacks. I think the timing the of, of things of is important, too, because I haven't seen Zadarius Smith get a big sack in a big spot. I've seen, like... I've I seen have. him get sacks, but they haven't they haven't occurred in, in important moments. In oh, games. I wish I had a better memory so I could remember a play right now and shove it in your face because I know it's yeah, out I there. I think he had a big sack fumble early in the year to switch momentum in a game. Yeah, I think I remember that. Was that I mean, the I don't Saints think... game? The Saints game. Sure. I I feel like it was against a bad quarterback. No, no, no. It was it was the Saints game. He he. I don't know if he caused or recovered that fumble, but he was in on that play. Against oh, against uh, Taysom Hill. Against Taysom Hill. That's right. That's that was it. It was a bad quarterback. Yeah, but it was still the Saints. <laughs> okay. How All right. That there it is. Taysom Hill. Anyway. There um, it is. Rib that in your face. We got there. Yeah, we we did. We always do. Uh, so we are happy. We are halfway through through the season, and um, there is a lot of ball game left uh, to quote the great Aaron Nagler Um, (laughs) and this team needs something we thought we needed to go outside of the organization to get it at the trade deadline but the more that I think about the Green Bay Packers I think of a lot of kind of untapped potential on the roster in terms of individual guys making great performances so far we've gotten to six wins by Aaron Rodgers being on fire like when Aaron Rodgers is playing like this you just you get six out of eight wins just yep. that's what happens Aaron Jones has been on fire uh Devontae Adams has kind of stepped up and those three have laid the laid the wood on six of the eight teams that we've played and that's been the story in like pretty much all of those games it's like oh our offense is fucking awesome that's how we're winning the defense has been spotty and kind of kind of regressed a little bit, but I want you to think now. This is just sorry I'm taking so long here, but I want you to think who are the key guys that are going to step up and take this team from some team that has succeeded six out of eight times to one that truly looks and feels like a Super Bowl contender. Who is your guy on offense that needs to step up and do that? Who is your guy on defense that needs to step up and do that? So, if anybody wants to start... I'll go ahead and start this. Okay. Okay, so, uh, on offense, if you need anyone to step up, it's Alan Lazard. That is your guy to come in and fill fill a hole. If there's a hole right now that we have, it is there. I think we, we can be fine. Otherwise, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones can make things go. Otherwise, and Devontae Adams right now is playing like the best wide receiver in football. Sure. I would Tim. disagree with that. Or kind you of are agree. A hater. I am a little bit of a hater, but I, I... I am a little bit of a hater too, but right now at this point it's hard to say that he's not, if nothing else, just because he gets so many targets. He's dominating. So much attention. And yeah. he's making... He's making the best out of most of them. Yeah, I mean he not he, always. He's 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 playing he's playing the best right right now, and he looks great. His, I his I think DK Metcalf is needs to be in the conversation for the best wide receiver in the, in the NFL. All right, I I mean I think he's I think 
in two years. I know I, he's gonna. I think he's gonna. I think you can put him in the same conversation. I think he could Larry Jones. Fitzgerald a playoff game this season. Okay. Okay. Peter, I completely agree with you. If anybody is going to step up, it's not so much step up, it's stepping back in. Because last time we saw Alan Lazard in action, he had 357 yards and seven touchdowns on eight fucking catches. It was crazy. (laughs) If he can step up and perform like that when he gets back, we're in great shape. I don't expect him to. He had the game of his life. Devontae was out. But if he can give us half of that, we're in good shape. But that also takes Devontae staying healthy and him staying healthy throughout, which is very iffy for two of your only two guys that you can count on. MBS mm-hmm. had a fucking great statistical game with his two touchdowns, but they were both really easy catches in wide open spaces. I still don't trust MBS at all. I, I mean, I trust him a little bit. Hazard on the field instead of him any opportunity there is so thinking about mvs and how bad he is think like we need to do like five deep balls a game to get one touchdown because aaron will miss two of them mvs will drop two of them and then we'll get a touchdown that's worth it for me like let's do that okay just let's burn five second downs and then if you get the touchdown early you can call it quits but I, I, well, no, then you can go for two. <laughs> I still think you need to. I still think you need to apply that MBS deep shot because Devonte can't do it. Alan Lazard shouldn't be doing it. He can, but really, Alan Lazard is only going to beat guys deep if somebody fucks up. Alan Lazard is kind of like a tight end. He like he, you can. Yeah, he's he's huge, but he's also like he's pretty capable downfield. But that's who I was going to say is. I'm not saying MBS needs to step up. I think we can make it work if MBS stays as shitty as he has been. I think the band needs to play. I think Tanyan and Sternberger, between the two of them, I can't decide. I can't pick one of them because I don't. I don't. I haven't decided which one. But one of them needs to become like hella reliable. And Sternberger has been looking better too. Sternberger has been looking better, and I think ultimately he's like the direction you want to go because he's like faster than Tanyan, and he's he seems like he can fuck up a defense more than Tanyan can. But Tanyan has been like big mitts downfield that we've needed, and I just like I want to see Aaron Rodgers get the intermediate game like propped up so that it's not solely reliant on Devontae Adams. Maybe Devontae can drop to seven catches and you get Tanya or Sternberger with five. Um, and I think if you I think if you're able to work the tight ends and make them a threat, then you're really starting to get defenses on their heels in terms of who they key in on. And and if you can get, you know, mismatches in those areas, you can like it's going to com- complicate your offense. Uh, from the defense, from the defense's perspective, and hey, let's not forget about old reliable Mercedes Lewis either. Caught a touchdown pass. That was beautiful. Big dog. He's not the athletic receiver that either of those other guys are. But if you get enough things going the other way and you get Mercedes Lewis open in some field, he's going to catch the ball. Yeah, Mercedes, <laughs> Mercedes Lewis is tight. Uh, it, and yeah, so, so I'm I'm invoking the band here, not necessarily. Not necessarily one tight end. I just want to see more of our intermediate game strong. So Before we move on to defense, I want to say 
as much as I appreciate Jamal Williams and I love him, he's not nearly the number one threat that Aaron Jones is. Not at all. And I think but I, he's a beautiful number two threat. He's a great number two, and I think that's like people saying, "Let's move on from Aaron Jones. Let's just sign, re-sign Jamal Williams." I think that's so dumb. And I think, and I think like you see Aaron Jones, what he does with the ball. I don't know how he does it. I can't quantify how he fucking bends defenses and fits through cracks and shit like that. It's just it's amazing the way that he is able to maximize maximize his space on the football field it's like it's like he's i think he's a better receiver too and he's yeah he's he's jamal williams isn't a bad receiver but aaron jones peter made this point is one of the only receivers that makes aaron Rodgers look good yeah because of the catches he has right yeah he'll die for a ball aaron jones adjusts to the ball fantastically that dude has just Incredible instincts. I think the way that he sees through a play. Yeah. Like, yeah, the way he's just able to cut his line exactly where it needs to go and fall super silly. It's like, it, like James Starks kind of had the same thing, but it's it, it's more compact and, you know, like, I don't know. James Starks was the prototype, and this is the, the finished. Aaron okay. Jones is like James Starks gone Super Saiyan. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'll take that. Uh, hell yeah. So, defense. This defense sucks. It still <laughs> sucks. Now, it, I mean, that's the thing. Who's rising on defense? Who is actually stepping Since their last game year, up? when the fucking we have a defense call went out, nobody's rising. No Jair's one. rising. Jair's, <laughs> Jair's doing his thing. Jair is, he's doing his thing, but I think he's level. That's the thing is that. So Jai, yeah, Jair. The thing is, no one else can help him look good. Like he has yeah. to, he has to do everything, and no one else is fucking making plays, dude. Yeah, we got Josh Jackson to get interceptions because he he had eight interceptions his final year coming out of college, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's picked off Josh Allen like two or three times or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and he's not doing it. Darnell Savage, I, you know, I like there. There's been when he makes a play, it's stopping someone in the backfield, shooting a gap, and getting in the backfield and blowing up a runner. Darnell Savage plays like a third rounder. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If Darnell Savage was a third rounder, you'd be like, okay, all right. Uh, Adrian Amos has been solid. He's been okay. Uh, or you could say maybe our middle linebackers, Kamal Martin has been on the rise. Um, Chris Barnes, if he ever is able to come back, uh, probably not this week. He got the Colva. Um, but honestly, yeah, who do we need to set? I, I feel like just this whole defense honestly needs to step up i like it needs to be one of those defenses that comes on late and uh, i mean that's that's just that's just what it is you need to start seeing plays from all over the place i think if we whittle it down to one player on defense for me it's preston smith over zadarius yes over zadarius because zadarius is been more involved than Preston has this year. 
and last year it seemed a lot more neck and neck. Those guys were kind of playing off each other and driving each other to do better. And Preston Smith has not matched or raised or anything this year thus far. He's been flat in almost every game aside from a sparse play here and there. He, I mean, it doesn't feel like Smith Brothers. It feels like, well, maybe it does in the case of there's the Mario Brothers and there's Mario and then there's Luigi. <laughs> the Luigi-ass Smith Brothers. He's <laughs> being way too much fucking Luigi right now and we need them to be fucking more on an even equal keel and pace than fighting together instead of Mario beating every level and fucking giving a couple extra lives to Luigi every time he fucking game overs. Preston Smith has half a sack this season. Andrew, <laughs> guess guess who is the Packers' second leading sacker? Is it Dean Lowry? Nope. He's in a massive tie for fourth. Z is first. Z has seven sacks, and the second place person has two. Oh, God. That's not good. I don't know. Who has two? Kingsley Kiki. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to see it. So I think for me, um, I think Preston Smith is a, is a great, like, nominee. Um... Peter's non-answer, whatever, fucking yeah, we get it, they're bad. Uh, <laughs> I think this, I, I do agree that the whole defense needs to step up. Like, if you go to each position group, you can be like, yeah, they need to do better, like, everywhere on the field. But I think it starts, I think it starts up front, and I think it's, I think it's Kenny Clark, and, like, somewhere down below that is, is Montrevious Adams. Um, Kenny, I, here, here's here is a thought that I want you to remember. Remember how Kenny Clark is always fucking awesome in December. Okay. He always turns up his game toward December. He's always playing towards the later end of the season. Um, he needs to come through with that energy again, but also like I think. It needs to start sooner than that. It needs to. He needs to start making an impact now. We're heading into the second half of the season. You need your, the guy you just handed out your fat fucking contract to, Kenny Clark, needs to start being a leader and start being disruptive, and not just like, oh good, he's healthy again. Like, he's been kind of getting his ass handed to him occasionally, especially when you're looking at, when you're looking at a four touchdown game by Dalvin Cook, like. He has to run through the line to get to those touchdowns, and that's Kenny Clark's line. So this is like this is not acceptable. Four touchdown game, that's on Kenny Clark, and that's not acceptable. He has to step it up, and I think he will, but he's got to. And I think Montrevious Adams, I saw Montrevious Adams make a really nice play. He's made some. He's made a couple decent plays. Um, Lately, he looks like he could be coming on. I remember last year, Kenny Clark said that he was the most talented lineman that they had. I want to believe I mean, that. Really, 
it's the whole front seven. Whoever's playing on the front seven, because we've got the talent in the defensive backfield. I know that. <laughs> and I think they would all be doing way better if we'd be getting more pressure on these quarterbacks. Yeah. But we're not getting pressure on anybody, and these guys are having to cover for too long, and they're left on islands, and it's supposed to be good for cornerbacks to have an island. But when they're on an island forever, you don't want to be stranded. Yeah. That sucks. If we could get pressure from any of these guys, Z included, Z's doing the best, but Z's still not doing enough. The front seven needs to play like they're making as much money as they are. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that, but I I think like, I feel like your your linebacking core, your Preston, Zedarius, Gary, those guys are all like taking swings, right, At at the quarterback, and if they get him, they get him. If they don't, maybe they flush him, they pressure, that's that's big. But I feel like Kenny Clark has the chance to shrink the field for the quarterback. And to, you know, if you're talking about the, the nose of the line, you're, you're, you're the push. Either you're getting the push or you're not getting the push. So far, we haven't gotten the push. And because of that, quarterbacks have had time to, to you know, to throw. And we've had... A tremendous time, tremendous difficulty stopping the run because we aren't getting the push. So I, I mean, I think the real answer that Twitter has all come up with serendipitously. I don't know if that's even serendipitously. Serendipitously. Whatever. <laughs> but together, and we've all agreed in one way or another, and we've all seen it and said it is Petten sucks. Petten needs to fucking step up, or Petten needs to step the fuck out. Patton is not doing good enough at his job. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, I think Patton, I, I'm, I was saying he should be fired if we lost to San Francisco. That didn't happen. We looked better than we have all year. I don't know why. Um, no, you don't fire a defensive coordinator mid-year with a fucking winning record. I wish. I mean, you do if would. they're gonna be the reason you lose. Like if if we if we have three losses on the books and they're all because we couldn't stop the fucking run against Ronald Jones and Dalvin Cook and then fucking Jarek McKinnon, like yeah, and in no, like, the third effort like, against this team in the last calendar year, we're still failing that test. That would, would be different. That's how you want things to work, but also you want to see that we don't have a fucking legitimate second option at receiver if somebody goes out and you want to go get somebody at the trade deadline. We're not doing that because we're the Packers. We're not firing coach at fucking midway with the winning record and we're not picking up a fucking receiver at the deadline. That's just not who we are. It's never been who we are. And unfortunately, it's not going to happen. So are we right for that? We haven't really had a chance to talk about this. This is definitely something that I've wanted to talk about. The trade deadline? Uh, Mike Pettin. Mike like Pettin. Whether, like, what do you do by firing him? Who can you actually bring in? Because you can't you can't install a new scheme. No, no one's saying to do a new scheme. I mean, you go with an interim for the rest of the for the rest of the season, but I think like you've gotta you've gotta find someone in the room and Mike Smith, yeah. who's our, our linebacker coach, I I'm, I have a feeling that would be the guy that would Mike come Smith. up. Mike Smith. What about the DB coach uh, from Minnesota, Jerry Gray? Oh yeah, he's he's a, I mean, 
he'd be the least familiar with the scheme. But anyway, like, I think... I just don't see it being reality, unfortunately. No, I mean, I agree, and I see that. I just yeah. think that you... If you had lost three games... Because if the 49ers were going to beat you, they were going to beat you running. Or, I guess, throwing to Richie James, as it turned out. Um, but if they were going to beat you, they were going to beat you running, and if that had happened, that would have been totally inexcusable. I mean, like, you're... you're By keeping him, you're surrendering. You're saying... We will go as far as this man can take us, which we know isn't far enough. And you, I mean, at that point, you have to cut bait and say, like, we'll take our chances. Mm. Or at least say, like, I, Matt LaFleur could say, I know some stuff that we need to be doing that we're not doing, and I need someone who will listen to me. Because I, I, I doubt that Petten is, is easily swayed to do different things with his defense than what he wants to do. Oh yeah, look at Penn's haircut. He's not listening to fucking Matt LaFleur. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's... Fuck that kid. I know what I'm doing. God damn it. It's actually not how he sounds at all, but the, like, it does look like he sounds like that. The the defense the defense doesn't have. There's no fear in our defense, and that's that sucks. It means we're gonna lose in January, and that sucks. We still gotta play the Bears twice, which wouldn't be scary. But it's kind of scary. And why is that scary? Because the Bears have a very dominant in-your-fucking-face defense. Their offense sucks. But I don't know if our defense is ready to take advantage of that. Our defense is just lazy enough that we'll let Foles fucking do some things. Throw to Jimmy Graham. the Bears defense is good enough that they'll get in our fucking face and fuck Aaron Rodgers up a couple times. I I don't know about that. I like we'll see. This is a the, you got a five and three team that's facing a Vikings team. Like they might be five and four before we have to think about them. And then that's like you know next week. Like they played a good game against the Buccaneers. We got our asses whooped by the Buccaneers. That was also Thursday night football, which is weird. And then the Buccaneers looked way better against us than they did against the Bears. And the Bears have looked way worse against everybody else than they did against the Bucs. Um, True, but then the Bears are going to play us. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. We've, we've owned the Bears since since the LeFleur era began. Yeah, I am not worried about Matt Nagy. Yeah, Matt Nagy seems like a fucking frog. Yes. Look, no way do I think we're going to get swept by the Bears, but I think it's completely possible that they take one. Mm, I don't. I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll have to preview well, that game. Right. We'll have to preview that game when it's going to happen. Right now we are playing the Jaguars, and I want to talk about that game because that's... Oh, come on. Nobody needs to talk about that game. It's, it's the fucking Jaguars. It's the it's the Jaguars. First of all, who is the Jaguars coach? Go. Uh, Adam Schmitty. No, that's not a real person. Jeff Van Gundy. That is a real person. <laughs> it's Jeff. It's Jeff. <laughs> you just thought that because he's JVG and they're JAG. Um, <laughs> who is their fucking coach? I think it's Doug Marone. <laughs> don't know. Quarterback. I don't know who the, I don't know who they, the fuck is on that team. Exactly. They got rid of everybody. 
They did. They did. So they have uh, they got rid of Foles. Gardner Minshew was benched for Jake Luton. Lunta. No, Jake Luton. Lunta. It's not Jake Lunta. It's Lunta. It's not Heggy it Lunta's is, cousin dude, Jake it is Lunta. Lunta. It's not Lunta. It's L U T O N. I can spell it. Jack. No, that's Ricola. Um, they're running back. They got rid of Fournette. They have James Lutton. Robinson. They have James Robinson, who has been pretty successful, actually. Their wide receivers. Uh, boy, I don't really know their wide. I know they have Lavishka Chanel. They have. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was the real name. Is that a real thing? Yeah, that's real. They have a. Uh, do they have a Robinson? No, they had Allen Robinson. Do they have a? And they have DJ. They have DJ Chark. Is their other guy? Oh, they got DJ Chark. Yeah. Okay. And I think like Keelan Cole in the slot, but we're getting in the weeds there. And they have Tyler Eifert, who apparently is a fucking trumper. He's a tight end, dude. Mm-hmm. Any? Nope. Don't say it. Don't say it. We're going to fuck them up. I'm going to say anyone on the offensive line. Mm, the Packers. We more than a 50% some close chance. games, and we get our asses whooped in them. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but in LeFleur's fucking reign, we win a lot of games, but when we lose, it's to opponents in close games, and they whoop our monkey asses. Opponents in close games? That is in bullshit. games that should be close. Oh, no, the Chargers game last year. The Chargers game was a thing that happened. I think that was the one. There's one game that was a close loss. Every other loss in the MLF's career has been an ass-whooping by teams that were in contention with us. If you're counting the Vikings in that, I pity you. Mm, I mean, maybe. There's a lot of season left. The Vikings could claw their way back to relevancy. It's yet to be seen. But also, it's a division game and, you know, whatever heated fucking rivalry. So, I'll throw that in there. The Vi- by the way, the Vikings wanted that game one. more. That's why the Vikings won. They wanted that game more. We did not want that game. It was pathetic. We didn't want that game. They wanted it more. Okay, so we should we should handle this team no problem. But is it, I mean, this screams trap game. Yeah, but we're good in trap games. Okay. Except for the Chargers game last year, but. And the Vikings this year. No, the Vikings game was not a trap game because everybody was asking if the game before the Vikings game was a fucking trap game. For it to be a trap game, the game after has to be the game that you were concerned about. No, the game that was the trap was laid in front of was the 49er game. Because that was coming on the Thursday after the Viking game. Anyway, what is your hope for this game? What do you hope to get out of it? A win. Some confidence built on defense. Josh Jones revenge game. (laughs) if If there's a game that our defense should just come out and handle and man up and do their job this is it yeah but if there's a game where we could see James Robinson's run for 223 yards and three touchdowns against us it's this yeah then that's a huge problem 
that's not what I want to see in this game. He's their running back, their undrafted free agent running back. You're asking what I want to see in this game. It's not what you just said. It's what I just said. Um, I want to see health. True. More than anything, I just want to fucking win and win healthy. I don't care if we win by three points. I really don't give a fuck how impressive we look against the Jaguars. It doesn't matter. They're the Jaguars. That's... It's not a get-right game. It's not an ego game. You don't fucking... Just like you don't be, build your ego up beating the fucking crippled kid in the alley. And the Jaguars aren't any better than the fucking San Francisco 49ers were this last week. Probably worse. Fuck it. Win. Win however the fuck you want to win. Just win and don't get anybody hurt. Okay, if we do get this win, we'd be 7-2 and two facing Indianapolis. That'd be a good position to be in. 7-2 and two is a good sounding record. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis has a hell of a defense. They, they do. They have the defense. Um... So we, I mean, this this should be practice. This should just be, you know, basic. You go out, you run your plays, and you do better than the other team. Because we are better than the other team. And that is why. That is why. This has been the Packer Force. Stop. Stop. That's, that's a really obnoxious. That doesn't that doesn't play well. In it. The Packer Force podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Sill. I hope Trump kills himself. I hope he kills himself. I hope he just commits fucking suicide this week. That would be fucking awesome. Man, you gotta be careful about bringing that sort of juju on your soul rationally. As his as I'm his with. juju, he can he can do it. Fair enough. Can't take responsibility for his bullshit. Love for him to fucking kill himself. That would be the most honorable thing he's done in his life. Right. I mean, let's not let's not act like he got COVID and we're all like, oh, I, you know, I hope he gets better, but maybe not. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Michael Che bit, right? He's like, I thought the COVID was going to get him. Gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I felt Michael Che so hard. I'm when he's sorry. like, I, I thought, the, thought pres- the president was going to die. die. <laughs> and he said it with such a yearning in his soul. <laughs> People thought he was worried about the- No, he really was hoping. As was I. The president was going to die from COVID. Man, my fingers were crossed for that. Yeah, it's because he's a fucking monster. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. an awful fucking... He is. It's no, way he worse is. than just being I... an awful person. He's the worst thing that's ever happened to America in my life. Yeah. yeah. He's like... He's like Unquestionably. Yeah. Yeah, if he kills himself, like, the history books will, like, be like... It'll be the same thing as when Hitler killed himself. Yeah. You know. Hit, it, Trump is it. like if 9-11 had a soul and got a body and walked around like, I'm fucking the shit. I'm 9-11. Fuck you. That's Trump. <laughs> <laughs> uh.